0: everyone and welcome back to the Philineas Club this is a show where we cover the news from around the world we literally go in a, a world-spanning internet call and uh, go from the west coast of the United States sometimes we go to Africa we go to Europe today we don't have a um, someone from Asia but I think it would have killed us to try to find a time gathering all of those people with someone in in Asia so we cover, let's say, half the world. My name is Patrick Beja, maybe not half, that's going to be offensive to someone. We cover parts of the world. My name is Patrick Beja, I live in Finland, I am originally from France, and I am incredibly excited to welcome these three wonderful people. Let's start with uh, someone you probably know about because you've heard him on the show before, Tom Merritt. You woke up early, you've seen The Mandalorian, everything is good with the world correct? Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad, That's Patrick. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the first two uh, certainly helped further our goal of getting to the third, but uh, thanks for having me back. It's good to be here.
0: Very happy to have you on as always. Uh, the second person is Paula from uh, Kenya, who's coming back after a show a few months ago, the, which uh, focused on Kenya specifically. That was episode 154, if you want to go listen to it. But uh, hey, Paula, how's it going?
2: Hello, Patrick. I'm happy to be back and speaking with you.
0: I'm very excited to talk about, uh, you know, what's been happening in Kenya and what's been making the news, not just about life in the country, but uh, the actual uh, headlines. So I'm curious to hear what's happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, the the last person on the show, but certainly not the least, is uh, someone that you might have heard on the show before, Alessandro Tomaello. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I try to always. It's you know, perfect. You- it's perfect. perfect. Ah, Thank you very much. Uh, we were <laughs> reminiscing before we started recording about the last time you were on the show, which was episode 144, And we specifically talked about the pandemic uh, in South Korea, Italy, France, Finland, and the U.S. So basically a a tour of how it was back a million years ago in March of 2020. Definitely
3: Um, feels like a million years ago, yes.
0: (laughs) Doesn't it? It's funny, we were all laughing because I was talking about... You introduced us uh, to the concept, you and Giovanni, you introduced us to the idea that you would need to fill a form to go out and to have some kind of step before you would go out to make sure that you really needed to. And we were like, oh, that, that's so interesting. The idea that you would need to fill a form to get people to think about. Now I think every country's had it. And you know, yes. So. <laughs> Probably. And, and you're like, oh, you need to social distance. And what is social distancing? I, I don't know if it's funny or sad or both at the same time that it feels like. Is there a were...
1: word that combines both? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, don't, I think 2020 is that yeah. word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although maybe it, it's a little bit more sad than, than funny. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's certainly sad. I'm not trying to say that 2020 isn't sad. It's a pandemic and there are, you know, many, many people who died. But it's, it, at, the, at the same time, it's not like a world war. The, it's looking like we might have a, a serious vaccine fairly soon. Mm. It's, I've been saying on the show over the past few weeks that I think we're seeing a path away from the gloom in 2021. Is that something, maybe I'm going to turn to Paula and maybe she's going to say, oh no, we were fine. All all 2021 was great. But do you think it's (laughs) fair to say, no, maybe not. Do you think it's fair to say that it's looking up next for next year or, or am I, you know, delusional?
2: Well, let me just first say that March 2020, the virus had not hit Kenya just yet. So I have Mm. fonder memories of March 2020. (laughs) Sorry, Alessandro. Um, And um, and so for for 2021, um, you know, it's been very interesting watching sort of the global news about the vaccine and who's getting Mm. the vaccine and we're getting their vaccine. And I don't think the vaccine is coming to Kenya anytime soon. There's been no discussion of it from our government. And so I think people are just sort of Prepared to be doing this lifestyle for some time, and and interested in sort of how sort of the wealthier countries in the world are able to to take on the 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 vaccines, and hopefully they can be our guinea pigs uh, in seeing how this works. But generally, I think the idea is, as long as we get to escape 2020, I think most people are looking forward to 2021 <laughs>
0: in that way. I think it's fair to say as long as we get to escape because we're not out yet. There are like three weeks left, and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but so let let me deep, dig dig a little bit deeper in this. Uh, what's the situation currently like? How badly are you hit with the um, with the pandemic? First of all,
2: yeah. So we've had about ninety thousand cases um, in Kenya with a majority of them like 71,000 of them being recovered and and just about 1500 deaths so it's very low compared to say what's happening mm. in many places around the world but also there's sort of been a sense of early on we we locked down and we shut down and we um Nairobi which is the capital was 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 locked down so they, no one could travel in or out of the capital unless You know, they had a special pass or permission. And now, especially since it's December, which is our summertime, this is really our big season where a lot of the diaspora comes back and so forth. It kind of feels like COVID is this thing that we know is there, but we're not taking too seriously. I mean, we're wearing masks and sort of social distancing, but, you know, people are going out and Mm. Doing things that they shouldn't at this particular point in time, um which is which is interesting. And we have a curfew that starts at ten p m and a lot of people have been violating that curfew of late. So how do you combine the our holiday season, which is very festive and it's summer with with sort of this expectation of of remaining diligent? Yeah. and I think most people are tired of that.
0: You know it's funny I think every country what I've you know gleaned from the conversations we've had uh, throughout the year every country every person thinks that their country is doing badly and that their compatriots their their the yeah. citizens of this country are terrible and probably they don't really think about it in those terms but it seems instinctively they think they're worse than people in other countries and every person I talk to tells me oh but you know we're doing this and we're not respecting that and people are going out and it it, it's it's actually it seems like it's the same everywhere it's really interesting
2: yeah if you know the whole world is your competition if if, the, if I can use that phrase. So there's always someone doing better and there's always someone doing worse than you, to mm. be honest. But I what I will say is here in Kenya, uh, this week our nurses went on strike. Um, a lot of like our healthcare workers have gone on strike because of lack of pay and lack of, um, sort of PPEs and protections. Um, especially after one particular doctor passed away earlier this week from COVID and, you know, he hadn't been paid in five months. So there's a lot of uh, drama and, and politicking around that. And, and so I think a lot of it is not, it's, you know, COVID has been generally kind to our country. Um, also we are not necessarily counting um cases as as mm. as one should and so also our numbers are skewed i believe um and um a lot of people are not going to hospitals there are a lot of deaths that are happening at home so we're not really sure what's happening and so but in general i think i think people are depending on how your government responded and how you and their and the potential in how well one thinks they could respond. I think that's what most people are are thinking about when they complain about whether or not their country is doing well or not. Yeah. At least that's the case here in Kenya.
0: It, it might have, yeah, certainly something to do with this. I think in Finland, we're doing well because of population density, and then people in Finland are already social distancing uh, anyway, even without a pandemic. <laughs> I, I I must have... I probably told that joke before but um it's there's a joke that that's been going around that says the government has uh lifted the mandated two meters between people and uh finns are celebrating because they can go back to their usual five meters between people (laughs) (laughs) um i I, i'd like to ask a little bit more about the vaccine still paula um Because obviously for everyone else on the panel, I think everyone started, as you mentioned, saying, "Okay, so when are we getting it? Is it, you know, end of December or early January? How are we going to to administrate it? And who is going to get it first, et cetera, et cetera? We're sort of getting the machine rolling and maybe we're a little bit more impacted and it's winter and that is you know takes a heavier toll, but at the same time, as you said, you're not counting um everyone you should, maybe as we were uh, a few months ago. Is there a feeling that i'm gonna ask it a little bit bluntly, is there a feeling that uh you know oh, there you go, the rich countries are grabbing all the vaccines for themselves first, and we'll probably get it later if we can um like is there some kind of resentment or at least yeah th- th- how do you, how are you looking at this
2: yeah and i think even before the vaccine the idea mm. of even a vaccine way 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 in the past like and by past i mean april you know
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um, yeah so long i ago. think there was
2: always a sense of um i think there are certain countries in this world that know that they are just at the bottom of the totem mm. pole at the end of the day it's so sad to say that and so there's an we expect to not be, especially when it's the whole world that's needing this one thing. We don't expect to be sort of considered, um, everyone's fighting for themselves at this point in time. And so is our country the type of country that has the resources and the connections to come up near the top? And that's unlikely in this case, right? Mm. Um, and so I, th- I think there's, you know, we're part of the Astra, I can't pronounce it, AstraZeneca, um, Yeah vaccine that's out of Oxford we're part of the global couple of 26 countries that are being tested for it you know even the idea of the Pfizer vaccine is strange here because you need extreme cold I think it needs to be sort of kept in uh, really cold temperatures which we don't have the facilities to hold here either so I think there's just a sense of of everyone else gets to have, and I don't think it's resentment. I think it's just general acceptance of our place in the world and, and just, and hoping that, um, you know, we're able to maintain until things get to our level. There's also a general, um, and I think this happens with a lot of black populations around the world, a general suspicion around vaccines and, uh, and such and testings and so forth. Um, whether it's from like the TG syphilis um, case in the U.S. or I think a couple of months ago, there was some French doctors who got in trouble by saying the vaccine should be tested in Africa first, Mm. um, things like that. And so I also think there's a little bit of, let's see what everyone else has to go through before we go through this um, test, because I don't think people generally trust Mm. what... Might be coming our way either, so there's a level of that in there. You mean which the is vaccine
0: strange, in general, like, or or like that things might be done differently for Africa and Kenya?
2: Yeah, exactly. So if you know, if the if there was levels of good vaccine, we would get the worst mm. type of vaccine, maybe because mm. it's cheaper, maybe because I don't know. I just it just in general when it comes to sort of medicine, vaccines, testing, there's a general suspicion of Of what could happen to us and and getting um sort of not the best, really right as right. Mm. um and so there's also, uh, yeah, so what I mean by that is then there's a relief in saying, hey, is this going to work on that side of the world before it arrives here? But also, if you consider the countries that will probably get it before we do. so, for example, the u s um or you know, even just Europe. And just those numbers and how long those would take, I I just I just can't imagine first quarter or second quarter 2021 working in our favor.
0: Right. Of course. Yeah. All right. Um, So let's go to and I I wasn't intending on talking about the the (laughs) pandemic only. But I guess, you know, that, that's the main concern. We'll talk we'll have an opportunity a little bit later to talk about other things if there are, um, you know, if they're at the forefront as well. But let's go to um maybe Alessandro for a second, since in Europe, I was gonna say it all started with you. Uh that's absolutely not <laughs> accurate. But uh for, for us, it became real, I guess. And when I mean when I say us, I mean Europe, maybe even the U.S., thought it wasn't really real when when things went to went haywire. I was going to use another term, in in Italy. Um, so it started with you. How is the situation now? Are you looking at the vaccine as the immediate uh, uh, time frame solution? How's it going in Italy?
3: So um, currently, Italy is going through the uh, the second wave. I think we're on the second part of the second wave for uh, uh, everything that's regarding the, the pandemic. And it's really interesting listening to, to Paula because she was talking about the, um, that perception of the, the population, like you are uh, taking a break from COVID and stuff like that. and
0: That's our I summer in Europe, right? That's how it went.
3: Yes. Uh, like in our... Uh, uh, summer months, from June to August, I would say, uh, the restriction levels went down. The transmission of the virus was still down, so everyone was like still keeping their mask on, ma- masks on and everything. But uh, it there was a general sense that maybe we went we went through it. Maybe the second wave wasn't co- wasn't coming, and it really just. Uh, started happening when the climate go- got cold again, schools uh, people were going in schools again and so starting with probably September, October the second wave started to uh, came, came up and it was way way worse than uh, the first wave, just because um, I think we thought we were um, prepared and mm. so we thought that we were able to uh, shut down everything very quickly if we needed to, but still we try to um, also have an, also trying to um, keep schools open, keep the economy going, uh, trying to have a more, um, uh, how should I say this, Um, a more open um, idea against the vaccine. Mm. Like when we got hit in at the end of February and start of March, uh, nobody had masks, nobody had um, uh, alcohol, alcoholic frictions to uh, disinfect your hands if you maybe wanted to go have an haircut. And I think what happened in this second wave was that we all thought, yeah, uh, maybe we can be, we can try and be uh, much more careful mm. and... Now we are prepared, we know what we are going to go through, but it just happened that this uh, this wave hit us uh, much harder than the, the first right. time.
0: And it's not I, just I'm talking, because talking you... i talking about numbers. Yeah, no, it's not just because you counted better. Uh, you know, there was more testing, which meant, yes. you know, more numbers. Because certainly in France, that was the case. I don't know... Um, I mean, in France, we I think everyone stopped wearing masks in summer. It was like complete, like woohoo, relaxed, we're good. Um, but it, 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 the the second wave, uh, at some point, there were some people thinking, oh, it's not going to happen, we're going to be fine, and there was this general. Now we we were prepared, as you were saying, so we we can handle it. And certainly, it, it wasn't the case. But there was also. I, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of the second wave. It, it was probably bigger than the first one. Maybe I don't know, but the number of testing was so much higher that obviously the the, the number of cases skyrocketed. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh,
3: yes, I I'm pretty sure I uh, I should check this before saying it, but I think that one of the variables that you can you can check regarding this should be the percentage of actual positive cases uh, compared to the total cases uh, that are tested. And I think that in the second wave, that uh, percentage is still higher than the first wave. Okay. So it should be uh, proportionally still bigger. Uh, I, I would have to check that. So okay. I... I I, I, I'm not saying this is the absolute truth. I, I would have to check this.
0: Yeah, um, but it, it certainly seems to it, feel it, that way.
3: It still feels uh, bigger. It still feels like, oh man, we knew uh, the, th- this was a possibility and it still happened even if we try to be uh, to listen to the rules, to um, just go by, by the law and common sense.
0: Do you think people did listen to the rules? Uh, Because in France, again, I'm comparing everything to France, but in France, people did not. And it was just, you know, like, uh, well, maybe that's unfair. We heard a lot about the people who didn't. And maybe there were a lot of people who did. And of course, you don't hear about the people who do, who follow the rules. But um, do you think in Italy, people followed the rules?
3: I think in the first wave, um, basically everyone followed the rules. Mm. Uh, there w- it was a really scary situation. Uh, we were the first uh, country in the West to go through this. So it was yeah. a completely alien situation for most of us. And just, I think just out of fear, uh, people were much more happy to um, listen to the rules and follow the rules. Mm. I think now uh, people are still following the rules, but I think uh, it's a li- uh, people are more Uh, Relaxed and not that scared because uh, they have already uh, went through this once. So I think maybe Mm -hmm. there's not the same level of people following the rules. And yes, of course, the uh, if you just go um, turn on a TV and listen to news, it feels like no one is wearing masks.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: But it people very much do still follow the rules, in my opinion. Uh, it's maybe less than the first time, just because the um, the, the the situation where uh, you were scared at yeah. during March during April is a little lower. I think I don't know if that's necessarily true, but yeah, I I think Italians still pretty much try to follow rules.
0: Mm. All right, and so uh, the, the the question about vaccines. I guess everyone's looking at vaccines as the solution. I suppose. Yes. Yeah, and we're um, expecting them soonish.
3: We are expecting them soonish, but the thing is, even if we start uh, vaccinating in January, February, or whatever that is, uh, it would take a lot of. Um, Manpower to vaccinate an entire population. It will take time. And it's not something that we can say, oh, yeah, we start vaccinating people in January and probably by February we will be done. Uh, it's yeah. probably going to take the better part of 2021, if not more, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's. Even then, yeah. No, I was going to say, I think that that's something that uh, we understand in France and Finland as well. There's the hope is that we can start in 2021 vaccinating the essential personnel, essentially. So uh, healthcare workers and people who are especially at risk. Um, And then slowly in 2021, other people will start to get vaccinated and maybe towards the summer or the end of the year, we can go back to normal. Although the question of how long you stay immune is still up in the air. So that's also a fun thing to think Uh, about.
3: Yeah, it's... We still don't know much about that. Uh, I think I've read some papers on this, and I think there are uh, some positive results in that department, but mm. uh, we, I guess we'll see. I yeah. guess we'll see w- w- how long a person could, be, could stay immune to, to COVID after yeah. getting that vaccine. It's totally possible that uh, the, vac- the COVID vaccine could become uh, like the flu vaccine.
0: You have to get it every year.
3: That possibility, yeah. uh, we don't know. We yeah. don't know yet. We will see yeah. and we will act mm-hmm. after, uh, yeah. after we get to know what happens, what's the situation in there.
0: Um, yeah, so I guess it's roughly equivalent. I wonder, Tom, um, and please anyone feel free to jump in at any point, but... Tom, what's how are things going in the U.S.? Uh, I guess relating to COVID, but uh, we can talk about other things afterwards. But in that uh, department,
1: yeah, I mean that is the big story right now, especially in Los Angeles, uh, where I'm at, uh, and that's that's what I feel most comfortable talking about. I think I think it's a mistake to treat the United States as a thing. It's it's so big and wide and varying. Uh, so so California and Los Angeles are not doing well on paper right now. I also try to pay attention to what I actually see around me to balance out what I read. Not not that what I read is is wrong. It's just that uh, if I only go by what I read, I'd probably be panicking a lot more than I am. But we had 12,000 infections in Los Angeles reported yesterday. Uh, ICU capacity is down to less than 5%. Oh, Orange wow. County just canceled elective surgeries. Uh, so that the surge scary. here... Is very serious. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I, I say I, I try to balance that out is, you know, when I go take my dogs out for a walk in my neighborhood, I see all the same people I normally see. They're all wearing masks. We're all, we always check in with each other. How are you doing? Do you need anything? Everybody yeah. seems to be doing well. So I, yeah. I do hear, and I started to hear this mid to late November, the sirens a lot more. I mean, it's a city. You hear sirens regularly, but you can tell when it's like there's a lot more. And I remember hearing that in April when this first started and it feels like we're back to people being rushed to the hospital more often. Uh, but, but other than that, in my daily life, uh, every, everybody seems to be okay in my area, but the, but the statistics and and I know in the, in the wider region are very bad. We just, uh, reinstated a lockdown. It's very complex. The government has done a horrible job of communicating it because there's a state lockdown and then there's a County lockdown and then there's a city lockdown. Uh, but, but the upshot is, uh you can't go to a barber you can't dine at a restaurant anymore you could only dine outside before anyway uh and and so we've we've locked down it's not quite as harsh of a lockdown as it was in april because we know more about how it's actually transmitted so so there's certain things that they're able to allow happen on retail side uh safely but but yeah it's uh it's it's not good right now in los mm. angeles
0: it's it's interesting because I mean, I don't know about Kenya, but certainly the feeling in France and in uh, Finland, and you, can, you guys can tell me if that, if that feels similar, is we're kind of holding steady. Uh, France implemented a number of restrictions uh, a couple of months ago, and I think back then we were at like 60,000 60, new cases uh, uh, was it a day? It seems crazy that that would be the case. But now we're down to 10. And the government was hoping to get down to 5,000. Um, and we didn't quite reach that, but it's certainly not as bad as it was a few months ago. And even though, you know, when you listen to the internet, you you feel like everything is, uh, uh, no one is listening. And as, as Sandra was saying, um, it in the numbers, we are holding steady. Um, we're kind of, not good, but we are kind of have one hand on the problem and we hope, we're holding our, our breath, hoping that we can make it a little bit better or at least hold it like this until the, the the vaccine comes. Is that also, because when I listen to Tom, it feels like, oh my God, this is absolutely not handled. Like it's still going crazy. Alessandro, is that like... Do you have a handle on it, do you feel, in in Italy, more or less, or not at all? Uh,
3: More or less, I could see that, just because from looking at data, uh, we see that the the new cases every day are uh, going down steadily. Mm. Um, Yeah, uh, the way we handle this uh, second wave is that uh, uh, probably with a a little bit of a uh, late response, uh, but the, the government decided to divide um, the regions in three categories. So you had a yellow category, an orange category, and a red category, based on a big amount of factors. So uh, how many uh, ICUs were free at the time, how mm. many daily cases you're getting, how many patients are... On quarantine in percentage to uh, how many people are actually going to the hospital, and so looking at those uh, at that data, the government would push um, a region to a higher level from say from a yellow to an orange to a red right. level, and, to, and progressively each region would have uh, stricter um, rules to follow, uh, and so. That is kind of um, a, a dynamic solution to the problem
0: yeah that's but how it works in in I feel in all of Europe at least in France and Finland, certainly there are these kinds of uh, yeah. numbers and, yeah. and we
1: have a similar thing in California too yeah
3: yeah and it it kind of feels i mean it's much more better than probably saying at least for for people who need to. The, the first uh, lockdown was really rough because mm. everyone had the same rules and had to follow the same rules. In this second lockdown, uh, people could uh, live more if mm. you, you know what I mean. And, right, yeah. And of course, you're putting uh, the life of people at, uh, still in danger, but at least there is not that sense of, oh my God, we can't leave our home because there's this big bad monster outside not that there isn't but um it certainly feels more relaxed if that's something you could say yeah uh i think we have a a grasp on things but at the same time uh the the numbers show that it probably could have been handled better yeah but since you're not living in a simulation, you're <laughs> living in a reality, you have to try to balance things out you, yeah you you will never have you you will never be able to make the best decisions every single time so
0: yeah, that's something that I think uh a lot of people don't agree on <laughs> I mean a lot of yes, people if you I listen know. to the to the people i don't know in the streets on Twitter, everyone's complaining about. Like, oh, why didn't they do this? Of course, they should have done that. And like completely, and I understand why, but it's interesting that the sentiment is always uh, like, if they were in charge of the country, they would have uh, done such a better job at every decision. It's like armchair governing. I don't know. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Um, I wonder, Paula, how do you feel? What do you think when we're talking about all of this um, you know the situation, how we're handling it. Like, how does it feel to you, seen from you know the almost the other side of the world?
2: Yeah, it's very fascinating because you know when I was listening to Alessandro speak, I was even kind of thinking, I'm like, what wave are we on? <laughs> you know, like mm, yeah. I don't even know if if the first wave has fully hit because the virus arrived in Africa and then it it's moved. Very, we're confused about what template we're following. Let's just to use that word. Like, mm. is it as it? Have we peaked? Have we not peaked? Um, Of course, our cases are rising. We're not getting better. We're not getting a better handle of it. And there's a sense of we're never going to get a handle of it anytime really? soon. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's likely to keep increasing. But we've just accepted that is life here, and so. And so it's it's just, it's fascinating. So I'm like, what is what is you know? I think what wave are we on? And when I'm hearing like, you know, we have different codes. I'm like, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just, um, just the ways in which, you know, it's in, when you know when I open say different newspapers from around the world, and you know, top stories usually COVID, COVID. Now that the American election is done, it's usually yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID. But in Kenya, it's 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 not always necessarily COVID related, and I just think I I think there's this just a sense of this is our new normal,
1: mm.
2: and we have COVID, and um, you could get it, and if you do, hopefully you survive because we might not just we might not have the facilities in place to 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 take care of you if if you do get it. Especially if you're not from sort of the wealthier um, sort of aspects of society, um, what does that then that mean? But I think in general, a lot of people have been confused about the the virus in Africa and how it's moved and why. So you know, there haven't been all these huge cases. But I actually think it's because we're we're very much behind. Um, I I think we're still early on in the first wave.
0: Mm-hmm. To be quite
2: honest, it's just the curve is a little slower on our side mm-hmm.
0: so it feels like our concerns are like uh, and, and I'm sorry if I'm you know not representing your what you're saying well, but it feels like, oh well, that's nice that they have their their things, but like it doesn't really concern us because we're not on that like. <laughs>
2: No, it's interesting. It's, it just depends. You, you know, there's sometimes, for example, there was this big story about how, I think it was Warner, um, mm. a big movie studio in the U.S. had decided that they were going to stream all of their movies for 2021.
1: Yeah, I don't Warner, know, Tom, yeah. you might. Mm. Yes. Okay, Yeah, great. that's right. You got it.
2: Right. But we're still going to movie theaters here. Oh, really? Know? Yeah. We still have, you know, it's, of course, this distancing, but going mm. to the movies, they're still open. You know, there you can still go watch a movie here, mm-hmm. and so that's what I mean in terms of this. Sometimes there's a disconnect with what's happening on your side of the world, and then what's happening with mine. Because then, my if I had a movie theater, I would wonder, well, do I get to distribute <laughs> movies mm-hmm. uh, next year? Is how does how does this new big news in in movies affect us here, and so forth? Um, is is so? It's 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 strange because. I'm trying to see what are the ways in which things are co- in common with what you're all going through, and even some of the. I'm saying we have had had 1,568 deaths, which is big mm. for us, but compared to some of the numbers.
0: From oh, about, we're yeah, know, we're we're very yeah. much past that. It's like oh, <laughs> yes, that's that much. was Tuesday, you know. I'm yeah. exaggerating, but not
2: yeah. even. I, I yeah. think it's about three thousand deaths. Uh, you know, a day now in the U.S. Mm. So it's it's so it's, 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 it's how do you how do you speak about crisis in my own country? What is considered a crisis when, in comparison to everyone else, whose crises seem so much more bigger and more um, like really life threatening? Mm.
0: Um, so it it doesn't feel life threatening for, for you?
2: It doesn't, I don't think I, you know, um, I have family in the U S and, um, I, I know my, my mother wanted to fly to the U S around Thanksgiving and we were like, why? Like just stay, it's safe here. (laughs) You know, why would you want to go? It's safe here. We have a lot of European expats who left. Just as COVID was, was um, you know, before all the lockdowns were happening around the world. And then as soon as the airports opened, came back right. because they want to wait it out this side of the world. So, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just want to add, different...
0: certainly that sentiment that it's safer here compared to the U.S. is echoed, I think, in Europe. We're like, OK, we're not doing great, but at least we're yeah. not them. Um, yeah,
3: so... I can. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right, yeah. and and but is it also a fair comparison? Because uh, if you don't mind my saying, if that was just a failure of governance in many ways. And so, um, is it fair to compare it to the U.S.? Wh- who is then our standard? Because everyone yeah, looks that's... compared to the U.S. But then, who is the standard now?
0: <laughs> oh, what? I'm 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 not saying I'm not saying we look great. Certainly, we don't feel okay. like we're handling it great. Maybe in Finland, it's doing okay. And- um but, no yeah.
2: disrespect Tom oh, sorry I hope you didn't No no of
0: course.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I um, I
1: don't run the country so I'm not going <laughs> to
0: be offended. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah. So okay, I think we we have a, a grasp a handle on uh covid things. Um unless anyone else wants to add anything on that topic, um I'm going to open the floor if there's any other topic that made the news that you think is worth mentioning um from your country anything that was uh, a big story recently what would you um you know is is there something that you would like to mention except for the mandalorian of course tom which uh, that was certainly a big (laughs) thing
2: can i say i did not know what that was i had to google it i know and what does that say about me um to not know as as, well, especially when i saw it was star wars related i was like oh goodness then i'm really gonna look bad but this, <laughs> i guess this, <laughs> the fact that you had to wake up at 5 a.m to watch it and then and then there's a person on the panel who's like wait what is that i'm very sorry <laughs> no no
1: there's no need to apologize at all it's a big world with too much to watch out there but but, yeah, but
2: i'm curious though, we don't get disney plus That's
1: it, right? And and when you were mentioning, and and Patrick, if I may, the big story that's non-COVID in Los Angeles is the movie studios versus the theaters, Mm. uh, because that's our local industry. That's our biggest industry here. And that decision where Warner is going to put all of its movies onto streaming uh, in the United States for the coming year is a huge deal here. But that doesn't apply to Kenya or the rest of the world because the streaming service that Warner operates, HBO Max, doesn't operate the rest of the world. So the rest of the world's going to get those movies in theaters instead of on the streaming service.
0: I, don't, I mean, in, in uh, or the north, <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. In the north, <laughs> on we any have streaming uh, service. Right. HBO yeah. Go, um, which might get it before Netflix does. But who knows? There are also issues of, uh, in France at least, you can't put a movie in the theaters, if you if it's out on the uh, th- there's basically a period of time you have to wait between the theater release and all the other releases, and for subscription services it's like two years. It's ridiculously long, and uh, if you put it out on the streaming service first and then in the movie theater you have to take it out of the streaming service although they said it's only going to be streaming for a month so maybe they can do that put it on the streaming service for a month then in the theaters and then you wait another two years but they're not
1: going to that's the announcement is they are only putting it on on what's called hbo max which is not the same as hbo it's very confusing uh in the united states the rest of the world they're going to release those movies into theaters at least that's what they've said so far they may change their
0: mind but damn it Okay. So that that was a big story I suppose. But I want to ask uh, I wanted to ask Paula Do you not know what the Mandalorian is, or do you think people in Kenya don't really know what it is because there's no?
2: I think it's me. I don't want to represent my country badly. (laughs) I think I just and I'm I'm really confused about how I missed this. You know, it's one of those Mm. things like how did I this? Of course, this is of course this is huge. How do I have no idea what they're talking about? So, so you think Um, think people in Kenya? right people um, in, well, in kenya probably also it's know about how people are consuming media mm. here during covid i think so um you know if if it's a big movie release and if i if i get this correctly this is a tv series that's yes. specifically on disney plus exactly. if it's if it's a show that's on streaming um that's a little tough to and then it's streaming that's not Netflix, really, because that's mm. at the end of the day what we we get. It, it it Things can, you know, we hear about it maybe, but they can sort of get lost in the fray. I think in terms of consumption, what's picked up on our side of the world during COVID is Korean dramas and Korean um, sort of television mm. has really become popular here. Mostly through Netflix yes. at the end of the day, but that seems to be what's getting a lot of attention here.
0: That's,
1: that's funny because yeah, I think they picked I could, up. I've been watched a lot of Korean drama yeah. myself. I don't think I'm representative of a whole lot of other people here, but we, there's some good stuff coming out of Korea right now. Yeah.
0: I think there's, uh, you know, Netflix kind of started with some Japanese. Drama, But then they got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, local Korean stuff that they could buy relatively cheap, I'm guessing, because they've never really been exported. So they bought all of them and they, they took the world by storm. Um, I, I kind of, on principle, since Japan and Korea have been enemies for so long, I'm like, I don't want to watch the Korean stuff. I want to watch the Japan the Japanese stuff. Also, I don't have time to watch anything. But, you know, that's one of my... Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, we
2: have we are, we are attracted to a specific. So, like, I guess Korean dramas make sense. Filipino TV shows, Mexican and Brazilian telenovelas, those do very well here mm. on TV, and Turkish dramas as well do well here.
0: That's such an interesting association. Like, Korean and telenovelas and Turkish. <laughs> That's uh,
2: anything to do with family mm. corruption. Drama in that way feeds well here. (laughs) That's (laughs)
0: interesting. Um, All right, Alessandro, is there anything other than COVID on the radar for you know big news topics from Italy, or is it really just vaccines and COVID?
3: I mean, most it's mostly COVID uh, Mm. at this point. But once the 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 second wave is starting to get into this kind of second half of the uh, of uh this, this this situation it's mostly uh everything is just mostly going back to politics talk mm. i feel uh and how everyone is just trying to instrumentalize everything like like you do you know like you do <laughs> uh, every every side of politics is just trying to instrumentalize every single uh piece of news that uh comes to the to television to to whatever. And I think the one of the biggest talking points right now is that um, it, it's still COVID. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't have many more. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, uh, there has been there have been uh, new new rules put in place for uh, Christmas and for um, New Year's, so that all kind of um, Meetings are going to be uh, outlawed, mm-hmm. and it's going to be really interesting because you will not be able to travel far from where you actually reside, and it's going to break a lot of um, families. It's going to...
0: For Christmas, you mean they won't be able Christmas, to... For yeah. Christmas,
3: which is absolutely uh, incredible. <laughs> it's probably on the level of Thanksgiving in the US, since that was a big, uh, big news coming through the internet, like couple of weeks ago
0: Mm.
3: and yeah so everyone is talking about uh, is talking about all the all the restrictions that are going to put in be put in place how these restrictions make sense but don't make sense in couple situations because Mm. it's really different that you can travel out of your say your county if you live in a big city rather than if you live in a small city um Yeah, it's mostly that and just Mm. politics from the left wing, the right wing, uh, the more moderate people, just every everyone is trying to make um, a story out of it, trying to get uh, the the actual government to uh, tremble in fear and and see if they can take some percentage votes uh, under their wing.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it's kind of the same in, in France. Everything is about COVID and we have weekly, uh, like, addresses by the prime minister and sometimes every month or so by the president um, telling us where we stand and what they hope is going to happen in the next few weeks and uh, when things don't go as well as they had hoped, the new kind of restrictions that are in place and all of that, Um but I think there's one thing I didn't mention in the last episode. It, it happened after, I believe, which was a a pretty horrendous, and I'm talking about France again, not Finland, but a pretty horrendous case of police violence, um, which was caught on tape of um, a, a three police officers who grabbed a, a black music, of course, you know, it's a, someone from a minority, um, a black music producer who was entering his office and for reasons, maybe the reasons have been made more clear now, but they were very unclear even days after it had happened. They pushed him inside his studio, which is just an office, and started, excuse my French, beating the shit out of him. And essentially, it's the kind of thing you hear about in the US and you've seen... A little bit more in France. I don't think it's ever or it's rarely as bad as it is in the US for mostly uh, weapons reasons. They, They usually don't have guns, so it's beating up rather than shooting. But this one was especially egregious because he was arrested and all of that. And thankfully, they had a camera inside the studio, which happened to be pointed at the entrance and the place where they were beating him up. And uh, a journalist uh, reported on the story, published the, um, the the video footage and with an interview of the guy who was saying, you know, uh, uh, and I don't want this to be understood in a way that is that it shouldn't be. But he's not like the kind of or he doesn't sound like the kind of, I don't know, like ghetto suburbs uh, uh, minority that you think the cops would beat on because they they check him out and see if they have like some drugs on them or whatever like the kind of ridiculous cliche you would imagine he is a um uh, uh I, it seems like he's relatively wealthy middle class and maybe that's part of the reason why it touched people even more uh, it shouldn't but i think it might have played a role but the bottom line is he was saying you know thank god for that footage because otherwise My family, I can't remember what they accused him on, ultimately, but he was saying my family, I would be in prison. My family would think, would not really know if I had done something bad or if I was actually guilty of the things they accused me of. Um, I wouldn't, obviously people would not have cared uh, about this whole story. I would just be probably in prison, probably I don't know where. And (sighs) it's... It was a a huge scandal, and it's not the first police brutality scandal in France, but so far the government had been um, kind of holding the line of, you know, the police has a tough job, and of course we must prosecute the issues when they happen, but you can't uh, consider it a systemic problem. Um, But now it's reached the level of, okay, enough with the excuses there is a problem and we need to do something about it now whether or not this is perceived as sincere and whether or not it will um produce something is still uncertain but uh it was definitely aside from covid i would say the biggest story in um in the past month i i I suspect it didn't Get out of the uh, borders of France. It's not big enough that it, you would have heard about it. I think, but uh, well, I
1: story. heard that they uh, they they have revised the the law on recording video of police uh, for hostile purposes because of that, right?
0: No, so that's actually a different thing. And uh, that story, uh, so the 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 thing you're referring to, Tom, is a different bill that was passed um, to prevent people from not recording, but broadcasting um, images of police officers unblurred with the explanation mm-hmm. that people shouldn't use these uh, video, this video footage and this kind of video footage to kind of dox or harass uh, police officers, which I think on, on paper is, I mean, sure, why not? You know, you obviously you don't want people to... Uh, to to point fingers at police officers who are doing their jobs and and harass them or or get their faces out there but um first of all there are laws that already prohibit this kind of behavior and second of all it was never really a problem like it it's it wasn't a thing that people would do it maybe it's good to prevent Future issues potentially, but it was never really a problem. And the third thing I think is that um, there are issues with police officers not wearing their uh, ID badges which with the numbers that uh, allows them to be identified and there have been as people know i'm sure with the yellow ja- yellow vests yellow jackets a lot of protests in france and that issue has been coming over and over again along with police brutality so police brutality has been in the conversation for a couple of years and that law that you can't again you can record them and there are provisions in the law that says the press can do their job they can film and but it's still like OK, so what's the point of the law, kind of? So it's a, it's actually a different thing. And that law was kind of already voted on. But when that scandal happened, a few um, people, a few uh, Congress people I, I don't know if that's the term in France, but representatives who had voted for it, who are in uh, the party of the majority, went back and said, oh, but now we need to change the law after having voted for it like the week before. It was very close that these things happen. So now it's in the Senate and the senate is uh, a majority right which um, does, might want that law and maybe something harsher um so yeah it's a, it's it, the, the whole thing happened at the same time.
2: I'd yeah. actually heard about this case not through the news but through like a WhatsApp group that I mean. Interesting. In. And um, in which it has sort of like black women from around the world, I guess mm. I would best describe this group. And and it came up and the discussion that came up in the group was a sense of, oh yes, this police brutality, but it's not as bad as America feeling, <laughs> um, which I think people always use as a standard. And then there was an argument among sort of the black Europeans that it's, it's, it's such an unfair comparison Mm. because it's just different kind of, I think the American version, first of all, because America just being a place where we all consume news from there to begin with. And then that particular black population is very vocal and, and in, and seen and covered in their media. I think that's, a little bit different because I, I think earlier in the summer, there was a case in Portugal with an actor who was, might've been murdered through police brutality. I'm I'm not sure if it was that, but there was that, that's this general argument of um, just because it's not America doesn't mean it's not as bad. And what was funny is that there was a, a woman in the group who was Canadian and uh, her, 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 th- Thought what she said is in a lot of Canada, which tends to be compared to the U.S. A lot there's a sense of oh yeah we don't have this problem as mm. compared to our friends in the south of us. Um, but I think it's I think it's generally each country's po- police brutality is unique even within Kenya because most people think of police brutality as sort of race and color specific um but even in how it shows up in Kenya is is socioeconomic and it's brutal and it's violent um and um it happens a lot in the the um the slums um and um sort of the lower socioeconomic parts of the city um where there are deaths that happen very very frequently mm. so i think it's just very fascinating to see how what happens when, how it plays out in society, I guess, when these things happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Paula, if I may, I, I'm curious if that group uh, was discussing the special anti-robbery squad, the SARS squad in Nigeria as well.
2: Yes, very much so. Um, and that was a big, that was a huge thing, mostly because of the protest, protests around it. And and I'm not sure if everyone is familiar, but there's um, there was a, Police brutality sort of protest that happened in Nigeria a couple of i guess it's still it's still ongoing but it's died down and it was about police brutality in nigeria and 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 it was it was close to sim to in the in the world's minds, close to what happened in the U.S. in terms of timelines, and so the question of just police brutality in general, what the police get to do when they're in charge, especially if they have weapons, especially if they have um, I don't know whatever forms of um, equipment to 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 keep people in in I guess. People quiet um, is key. So yes, that's also that was also a really big discussion. Mm. And what was special about this that discussion is race was taken out of the conversation when it comes to talking about police brutality within Africa because the dynamics around that are, are, are quite different.
0: Mm. I, I just want to mention that uh that sentiment and I speak as someone who is not the victim of obviously racism or police brutality, but the sentiment that you mentioned that at least we're not the U.S., I I guess, again, I'm sorry for the U.S. listeners. Um, There are a lot of them, you know, I think the majority of listeners, but again, just like COVID, for police brutality, my sentiment, and not to diminish the realities of police brutality elsewhere, the sentiment is at least you don't get shot, right? At least you don't die, And that doesn't mean, you know, that poor guy who would have ended up in prison probably for a very long time, it doesn't, you know, it's not great either. I'm not trying to say that, but the feeling of, well, at least it's not the U.S. is echoed a little bit here as well, at least for me. Um,
2: Yeah, and death is the extreme. What leads to the death is the harassment, the, you know, there's different levels of that violence yeah. that one beats two and and i think that's that's the difference i think sometimes with with some countries is that you can be harassed consistently and all the time and just because you don't end up dead does it mean the violation or the subjugation and is 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 less as in i don't put i'm not just this dis- taking away what it means to die at the hands of the police but because that's so extreme a lot of the time people excuse what happens in between getting to that point
0: yes absolutely and and yeah i'm not you know if you're if you don't reach level 10 of horror it doesn't mean that level nine is not horrible and it's still you know obviously um yeah (laughs) or I don't know, maybe someone who's actually been the victim is, would tell me, you know what, it's all level 10. Like it's not, it's not one is less worse than the other. It's, it's possible.
1: Yeah. And if I may say, um, I, I think it's, it's a good thing that it is getting exposed and talked about, even if that makes it look like, oh, I'm I'm glad I'm not in the U S because that will help us solve the problem. What you don't see are talks about extrajudicial killings or, you know, internment of Uyghurs uh, talked about in the same way because they sort of feel like, well, that just happens. That happens in those countries. And I think, you know, what I would, I would say from the U.S. point of view is hopefully all of this attention will help us improve on that problem.
0: And there's a lot of improvement to be had all around, I guess. Um, all right, I guess that's a that's a pretty good roundup of uh, a number of things that have been happening. Does Does anyone have everything, uh, anything else, or are we ending? I don't think I'm going to be making another episode in 2020. Well, we're going to end on a on a high note. <laughs> um, But anyone has another story? I'd love to know
2: how everyone is spending their Christmas, how they usually spend Christmas, and then how (laughs) it's going to be different this year. I'd love to hear from you you guys on that.
0: Tom, you can go first if you want.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We actually have the last few years spent it... Uh, in different ways. Last year we spent it in Japan. We will definitely not be doing it that way uh, this year. So uh, I, you know, I think we're, we're going to have some, we've ordered some, some food, uh, to make, and it's just going to be my wife uh, and I and our two dogs. And uh, we'll probably do some texts and phone calls and, and video calls uh, to, you know, see our nieces and nephews and, and sisters and brothers and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet, just staying at
0: home. Mm. Alessandro, what, what about yourself?
3: Uh, we usually spend the, uh, Christmas with family we usually travel to see our uh, see my grandma uh, my uncle my aunt that i don't usually get to see very often but again for the all the new measures that are going to be um, are going to be happening on christmas i'm going to spend all with my small familiar nucleus with mm. my dad my mother and my sister
0: mm.
3: so it's going to be the same christmas with family but on a much sm- much smaller scale mm.
0: What about you, Paula? I'll go after.
2: Okay. Um, so my family is very spread around the world, and Christmas is the one time of the year that we're all together. So we're really feeling it that we would be around each other. But I'll luckily get to be around my parents, which I'm feeling very blessed about um, this year. And I think we're going to watch The Crown because... Oh. Um. um Die. Princess Diana was, for African women, was, I don't know how to describe how much she was loved here. My mother used to buy foreign copies of Hello magazine every week (laughs) to read about whatever Princess Diana was doing. And so, um, and you know, we are part of the Commonwealth and we were colonized by the British. So there's very much a fascination with that the royal family mm. and so um i think we're all going to tune into netflix wherever we are in the world and watch that season specifically for my mm. mother just so she can relive her glory days being a <laughs> diana fanatic early on in her life <laughs>
0: that's really interesting uh, just so you know it's a little bit depressing we've been watching it and uh it's oh. it's really well done but it's funny because my wife um, grew up in a family that uh, has a lot of affection for the, or interest in, in royal families around the world, which I don't know if it's a French thing, but we do not. Uh, obviously, we dealt with our royals a while ago and uh, have not looked back since, But um, but so I don't really even know what the royal families do or what they are, but she has a very strong opinion that being a royal sucks. Like it is horrible. <laughs> it's a terrible life, a terrible job. And um, and they certainly showcase how horrible it is in that season. And mm. I, I'm not going to say much more because I don't want to ruin it for you, but uh, it, it's not feel good, let's say, even less so than than the previous ones. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot of things about the royal families, yeah. and uh, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, the good thing is it's 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 true, quote unquote, true factual. <laughs> I guess. Well, there was is,
0: a there was
1: a the whole... Brits Are
2: quite angry about that, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a whole dispute they were there where they're trying to get Netflix to put a warning saying this is this is a work <laughs> of fiction in front of it. That oh, really? Funny. Is that yeah. because
0: the the first couple of seasons I thought were pretty well received? Is it for the fourth or? because of the Diana stuff yeah right. okay. specifically I
2: think, I think there was a fear that Charles who is supposed to be the next mm-hmm. king mm-hmm. comes off very you've watched it comes off very badly so mm-hmm. um and um, and this is the first season where a lot of people watching remember um, right, yeah. <laughs> you know this period in time so there's a lot of fracas around how how um, Netflix making sure that they let their audience know that a part of this is fiction because the Mm -hmm. fear was that a lot of people would assume it's documentary style
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah uh let me tell you charles does not come off great (laughs) (laughs) in that that show and uh i mean if he would just stand straight for once in one scene you'll see it you'll see what i mean it is like the the uh, of all the issues that i will not talk about and won't spoil the one that sticks out the most to me just stand up straight for god's for queen's sake stand up straight it's he's always slouched and i don't know if that's the case but uh, he looks better than the real one though yeah
2: okay (laughs) posture matters posture matters in our world let's just say that
0: absolutely (laughs) what
2: about you and your christmas patrick what are you going to do
0: yeah so this is a really it's going to be a weird one on a kind of like like you paula and like a lot of people around the world um it's because we uh in the past few years when we've lived in in finland uh we would take the opportunity of the holiday the vacation from our son to go to france and to spend a couple of weeks in in paris uh to spend time with uh, my mother and my family of course and have an opportunity for my son to speak a little bit of french or a little bit more and obviously that is not going to happen so it's not like we're it's it's not the end of the world um we're not broken up about it we're not you know it's just it's a little bit a little bit sad a little bit unfortunate but in the sense that we would have liked to do it but we think we'll be able to do it next year hopefully maybe and so it sucks um but it's not like something I would you know (laughs) it's not like I feel like I should people should feel bad about it for me there are things that you know maybe even for me i wouldn't be shy about saying oh that sucks I, I people should feel bad It this isn't even on that level but it does affect us um certainly it does affect how we're going to do things we'll probably have the finnish family over so we'll still have family and it's not so bad in finland that you can't do that but even if we include the finnish family total will be like i don't know five or six people right we're not gonna have a big gathering so yeah yeah that's gonna be christmas it's gonna be a weird one certainly but uh the the in france the problem is people expect uh the popu- many people in the population to not follow the rules and just have christmas which again is not a good idea but um, yeah so There you go. That is the last episode of the Phileas Club for 2020. A memorable year in many ways. And uh, again, it's not over. So let's hope things (laughs) don't take a turn for the even worse. Yeah? You wanted to add something?
3: Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, fingers (laughs) crossed for sure. Um, But yeah, that's going to be it for for the show. Um, Of course, as usual, I'm going to give each one of you an opportunity to tell us where we can find you on the internet. If uh, listeners want to have more of uh, your opinions and and views, Tom, um, you get uh, first go.
1: Yeah, I do, uh, several podcasts, many of them with Patrick. Uh, you can, <laughs> you can find them all at, uh, dot That's, uh, with two R's, two T's in Merritt. Uh, they are about technology, science fiction and fantasy books, star Wars, etc. cetera. And, uh, Patrick and I do one called work insanity, where we talk about, uh, the challenges and triumphs of working from home. So again, you can find all those at dot Thank
0: you, Tom. Uh, Paula, what about you?
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Kaliboss, which is at K-A-L-I-B-A-W-S-E. Um, and then any of the work that I'm doing around Africa and podcasting, which is my particular specialty with Africa PodFest. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing <laughs> for the rest of the year. So you can find me there.
0: Excellent. Uh, the link to your Twitter account will be included in the show notes, of course. Um, Alessandro, you didn't have a Twitter account last time, I believe. Uh, has that changed or do you have something else you want to refer people to?
3: Uh, I, I now have a Twitter account and Woo-hoo! I never tweet. Okay. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but if you want to witness the, 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 the rare tweet that comes out once a year, maybe... Uh, you will be able to follow me on Twitter at L-S-S-N-D-R-0. Wait. <S-N-D-R-0>, it will be down in the description, I guess.
0: Yes, um, L-S-S-N-D-R-0. And... So it's Lissandro, but without the, the vowels. Without that... vowels. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I and will yeah, include it, it in I... the show notes. Yeah. No, you can you can say more. Say anything you want. Now's your time.
3: No, 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 no. I, I I really don't have anything else to to to, to say except for okay. uh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you for having me here.
0: Thank thank to all three of you. Um, for me, it's uh, not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find my gaming show if you want to. D- hear about something that had a really good year in 2020. That's uh, people staying home and playing video games. Um, And we really had a great year. You can find that at uh, frenchspin.com. The name of the show is Pixels. And of course, if you want to support the show, you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash club. The link is in the show notes as well. Uh, That is the way that the show is uh, produced and, and financed. So if you get something out of the show, if you appreciate it, if we kind of um, uh, help you along understanding a little part of the world and how things go and, and entertain you in the process, then maybe consider uh, throwing a couple of bucks our way. The link is in the show notes. It's patreon.com slash the Club. Tom, Alessandro, Paula, thank you so much for helping me have a fun uh, last episode of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will talk to all of you in 2021. Bye.